I didn't hear any of your claps. I didn't hear your clap. Really? That's yeah, so weird. Either. Okay, I'm gonna do it again. Oh, I heard yeah, yours a little. Oh, I think I might have like the the softened one. Anyway, okay. Um... It doesn't matter. That was that was terrible. Okay, okay, okay. So we're just gonna start <laughs> from you and she are gonna cut all this out, you know what I mean? Yeah. We're gonna start from here. Hello everyone. Fuck no. We're starting from here. Hello everyone. Welcome to the inaugural episode of The Mangos or Murder with Mo. We haven't decided yet. I'm your host, Mohammed Mohammed. And today we're gonna to be talking about the murder of Shannon and her children from Chris Watts. With me I have two of my co-hosts. Please introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Eunice. Hey guys, I'm Stephanie. Okay. We're going to introduce the topic pretty quickly. I'm going to go through the timeline, and then we're going to have a quick discussion on why we think Chris Watts murdered his wife and children. Nobody really knows why. He says that something overtook him. But hopefully, at the end of this episode, you can all agree with me that I think he's just a psycho. (laughs) Okay, so I'm just going to read. This is from uh, The Insider, just their timeline real quick. In November, Chris Watts got three consecutive life sentences for the August slaying of his pregnant wife, Shannon Watts, and their daughters, Bella, age four, and Celeste, age three. Over the summer, as Shannon Watts tried to save her marriage, Chris Watts went from a loving husband to a killer. On August 13th, the faces of pregnant Shannon Watts and her two daughters, four-year-old Bella and three-year-old Celeste, were printed on missing person posters after they suddenly disappeared from their home in Frederick, Colorado. At first, Shannon Watts' husband, Chris Watts, agreed to TV interviews in which he appeared torn up over the sudden disappearance and begged for their safe return. Just two days later, he was arrested in connection with their deaths. On social media, the couple seemed like they had a perfect marriage, but Chris Watts had secretly started seeing a co-worker, telling her that he and his wife were in the process of separating. While Shannon Watts spent most of the summer in North Carolina with relatives, he spent more and more time with his new girlfriend, and his wife noticed him growing distant. She definitely tried to salvage their relationship. When she returned from the business trip the morning of August 13th, she and Chris Watts got into a fight, which ended with 15 weeks pregnant, Shannon Watts being strangled to death and their two daughters smothered. Despite Chris Watts' waning affections, nothing seems to explain what possessed him to kill his family. Until today, of course, where the three of us will get to the bottom of why he did it. This is the full timeline of their grisly case. Now I'm just going to quickly go through this. June 11th, Shannon Watts records videos of her surprising her husband that she's pregnant for a third time. This is on June 11th, 2018. So Chris Watts in the video seems generally excited. He says, that's awesome. And then he says this, I guess when you want to, it happens. And this is gonna be important later on because he says, not when we want to, but when you want to, it happens. Just gonna make a quick note of that. On June 14th, Shannon Watts records a video of her four-year-old Bella singing a song about how much she loves her dad. She basically calls her dad a hero in this video and how much she loves him. June 14th still, Chris Watts enters a co-worker, Nicole Kissinger's contact information into his phone. This is the first time he, answer, he enters her information into his phone. Kissinger would later become his mistress. June 17, Kissinger tells police that sometime before Father's Day, Chris Watts tells her he is married and has kids, but is in the process of separating. On Father's Day, Shannon Watts writes a tribute to him on Facebook. And I also want to mention this. Kissinger has access to Shannon Watts' Facebook page because Shannon Watts, being the profession that she's in, had her page public. She worked at an MLM, so she needed to spread as much information as possible. So apparently, Kissinger actually did Google Shannon Watts a year earlier. Now, that's in the police notes. Somebody on their side said that that was a typo, wasn't a year earlier, but she definitely did search both of their Facebook profiles. So she would know that on Father's Day, Shannon Watts had written a tribute about Chris Watts being a great father. June 19th, Shannon Watts shares a picture from her first ultrasound and writes that her husband is the best dad us girls could ask. June 27th, Shannon Watts takes Bella and Celeste to North Carolina for a five-week vacation while her husband stays home and works, which we all know he's not just working. July 4th, Kissinger told police she went to Chris Watts' house for the first time on the 4th of July to set up his diet and weight loss exercise goals. He invited her to his home, he cooked lunch, they ate, and she left, according to the police. But... Watts told a different story to investigators on February 2019. He said he woke up at Kissinger's home the morning of July 4th to several missed calls from his wife. He said he told Kissinger he needed to go home in case his wife called back and that Kissinger got mad, realizing that she would always be the other person and that he would always put his wife first. He told investigators she told him it would be best if they didn't see each other for the rest of the day, but later invited him back to her house. I think that's important because this could go to a motive later on that it seems like she was very angry that he was giving his wife and children attention. Which, listen, I'll tell you right here, if I was the other woman, I'd also be angry if he was giving some other woman attention. 
July 10th, my birthday, happy birthday to me, signs of tension began to show in the Watts marriage, according to the text message. I'm not going to go through their text messages, but publicly, it seemed like the relationship was going fine, but through text messages, um, and we'll put a link somewhere with a video showing a lot of their text messages back and forth. Our lovely editor, Eunice, will do all that. Oh, I will. July 14th, Chris Watts and Kessinger go on a date to a car museum. That afternoon, Shannon Watts makes four unanswered calls to her husband. July 18th, Kessinger sends Chris Watts semi-nude photos of herself, which he stores on a secret calculator app on his phone. Ladies, if your man has a calculator app, get in there. He's not doing math. We all know this. Take like a look. app supposed to be secretive that you can just download to store naked yep. pictures? Wow. Yeah, because we all know nobody's going to click on a calculator app. I use the calculator app. Yes, but you know, you're not you're also not cheating. Unless you're trying to come out right now that you're cheating. <laughs> no wait, I don't think it's not like the actual like default calculator app in your phone, right? I don't know if you can make it look like the default app. My thing is like if you see two calculator apps, that's already suspicious. Why are you downloading another calculator app? You know? It probably looks similar. But I mean like that's what I'm saying. I'm sure no one's gonna really look at it. You have to be some sort of psycho to look through your husband's <laughs> phone and look at every single one of his apps to make sure there's not a duplicate somewhere. Yeah. Okay, Watts told investigators that part of what drew him to Kissinger was the feeling that she was pursuing him instead of the other way around. On July 28, Chris Watts and Kissinger visit the Great Sand Dunes National Park and spend the night at a nearby campground. July 30th, Chris Watts gives Kissinger a love letter before leaving town to join his family on their summer vacation. On July 31st, Chris Watts flies to North Carolina for the final week of his family's vacation. His and Shannon Watts' reunion does not appear to be happy. According to a copy of text Shannon Watts sent to her husband, which she later forwarded to a friend. August 4th, at 12.45 a.m., Shannon Watts sends her husband a long text message accusing him of failing to stand up for her after her parents exposed their daughter, Celeste, to nuts, which she is deathly allergic to. Watts later told investigators that he should have ended things with Kissinger and focused on his family after learning about the peanut fracas, which he referred to as nutcake. August 4th, Shannon Watts appears to have had a fight with her in-laws, which caused them to skip Celeste's birthday party that summer. She also tells her husband that he hasn't shown any signs of missing her in the weeks that they have been apart. Watts later told investigators that believed he may have killed his wife and kids due to pent-up anger he harbored towards Shannon for what he described as a driving wedge between him and his family. Feelings he said date back to the beginning of their relationship. Now, I know Eunice is going to talk about the mother, Chris Watts' mother, so this is a pretty important bit right here. Mm-hmm. August 4th again. Chris Watts is away. Kissinger searches for wedding dresses on the internet for over two hours. That's the mistress is searching for wedding dresses for two hours. Wow. That's kind of that's crazy in my mind. August 7th, Shannon Watts starts confiding in her friends about her problems with her husband. August 9th, Shannon Watts tells her friend that Chris Watts called her, so she decided to cancel the baby's gender reveal party. August 9th, Shannon Watts leaves her quick business trip to Arizona. On the way there, she tells a friend that she had her best talk yet with Chris Watts the night before. August 9th, Shannon Watts texts a friend a handwritten letter she has drafted to give to her husband, in which she says she doesn't know how they fell out of compatibility, as he has said. August 11th, Chris Watts hires a babysitter saying he's going to Colorado Rockies game with his coworkers. In reality, he takes Kissinger to a date to a sports bar in Erie, Colorado. August 12th, Shannon Watts sends a friend a draft of her speech she plans to give to her husband when she returns to Colorado the next day. August 13th, 1.48 a.m., a neighbor's surveillance camera captures Shannon Watts returning home from her business trip to Arizona. Watts told investigators that he was sleeping when his wife came home. He said she initiated sex, and then they went to bed. Very odd if she was going to give him a whole speech about their marriage and that he wanted to end things. Later that morning, Watts said he and his wife got into an argument when he woke up to get ready for work. He told investigators she accused him of cheating. He snapped, and then he strangled her. Watts said the noise of the fight woke Bella up, who came to his bedroom and asked, what's wrong with mommy? He said his daughter watched as he wrapped his wife's body in a sheet and dragged her out to his truck. Watts told investigators that both girls sat on the bench seat of his truck, and they drove out to an oil site where he worked to dump Shanann's body. August 13th at 5.27 a.m., surveillance footage shows Watts loading up his work trunk and leaving home. August 13th, 10, 10 a.m. After disposing of the bodies of his wife and daughters at an oil site where he works, Chris Watts looks up the lyrics to a Metallica song, Battery. The song contains the lyrics, smashing through the boundaries, lunacy has found me, cannot stop the battery, pounding out aggression, turns into obsession, cannot kill the battery, cannot kill the family. In an interview with investigators in February, after he was sentenced, Watts said he was looking up the lyrics to the song because Kissinger liked it and asked him what it meant. 
He denied looking up the lyrics on the way to or from the oil side after the murders. August 13th, the Watts realtor reaches out to the couple and Chris Watts chats with her about the current state of the home and what they're looking for in a new house. This is after he had murdered Shannon Watts. He was texting the realtor about selling his current house. August 13th, at one point, the realtor asks why Shannon Watts hasn't weighed in on their conversation. She hasn't been around all day, Chris Watts responds. It's very odd. This is after he's already been interviewed by the cops, by the way. Shannon Watts' friend, Nicole Atkin left, reports her missing when she can't get a hold of her. Nicole Atkins went to the Watts' home, saw Shannon Watts' car in the garage, and found suspicious when no one answered the door. When Chris Watts arrived back home to talk to the police, he said his wife told him she was taking the girls to her friend's house, but didn't specify which friend. After looking through the house, a neighbor invites Chris Watts and a police officer over to his property to review his home surveillance footage, which disproves Chris Watts' story that his wife left the girls while he was at work. In the afternoon, Chris Watts appears on Denver 7 to talk about his wife's and daughter's disappearance. At one point, he said, Shannon, Bella, Celeste, if you're out there, just come back. If somebody has her, just bring her back. I need to see everybody. I need to see everybody again. This house is not complete without anybody here. August 15, after police discover Chris Watts has a mistress and he fails a lie detector test, he admits to strangling his wife and burying her in a shallow grave at an oil site. But he refused to take responsibility for the deaths of his daughter, saying Shannon Watts smothered him. Then on August 15th, 11.30, Chris Watts is arrested on suspicion of three first-degree murder charges and three charges of tampering with a deceased human body. On August 16th, Shannon Watts' body is found in a shallow grave near the oil site. The bodies of the girls were found in two oil tanks, which surprisingly, those oil tanks are called, in the business, batteries, which again, goes back to that later. Oh, I didn't know that. August 21, Shannon Watts' family appears in court as Chris Watts is arraigned. November 6th, Chris Watts pled guilty to all nine counts against him. In pleading guilty to five counts of first-degree murder, Chris Watts negated his initial story that his wife killed their daughter and assumed responsibility to killing all three himself. Two additional murder charges were added because the children were under the ages of 12. He also pled guilty to the three counts of tampering with a deceased human body and one count of unlawful termination of a pregnancy. I don't know was an actual um, thing that they can give you. On November 15th, Kissinger speaks out in an interview with the Denver Post. In the interview, Kissinger said Chris Watts told her he was separating from his wife and that she never knew that Shannon Watts was pregnant. He lied about everything. Which, later on, she goes to tell cop that she did know that she was pregnant. Also, like I said before, she had access to her Facebook profile, and she was searching her Facebook profile, seeing that Shannon Watts announced that she was pregnant. But we don't know when she Googled Shannon, right? Oh, yeah. They said it was a year before, but it was a typo. It was probably more recent than what they were saying. Okay. So that's why I say I, I'm pretty sure that yeah, she knew. she probably knew about the pregnancy. She also says later on, I think she admits to it later on, that she knew. On November 19, Chris Watts is sentenced to three consecutive life sentences without the possibility of parole. February 2019, Chris Watts sits down with investigators and finally tells them the whole story of how he killed his wife and kids. He said he snapped the morning his wife returned home from a business trip and accused him of correctly cheating. Watts told investigators he wasn't thinking when he carried out the murders. After strangling his wife, he said he drove her body out to an oil field where he worked with his two girls sitting in the back. It was at the oil field that he said he smothered the girls with a blanket before dropping their bodies into two separate oil tanks. That's the end of the timeline. So he claims he didn't think of murdering his kids until they were at the oil site? Yes, exactly. Oh, okay. Now we're just going to sort of go through some of my notes that I have here. Then we're going to have a quick discussion. So I wanted to bring up the notion of they had sex, even though she knew and accused him of cheating. That probably didn't happen. Yeah, I just don't know. I was going to say maybe it led to he, like, had sex with the body afterwards. And so he was scared of finding bodily fluids on her deceased. So he said that. I'm not sure. Or maybe, you know, he sexually gratified himself afterwards. Because the state which Shannon's body was found was she was dumped face down on the ground, legs spread apart, and her booty up in the air. Uh, and then he just threw dirt on top. Uh, so it just seemed very disrespectful. And, like, he clearly knew he could have just dropped her in an oil tank. But he, instead, he dropped each of his kids in a different oil tank. Kind of giving them what I said, like, kind of a respectful grave, you know? Just a stark difference seems, you know, weird. Wait, so you're saying that you think he had sex with her after he... Or he masturbated. Or did something sexually. Yeah, because it seems weird to bring up, oh, yeah, we had sex the night before, like, that same morning. When did he admit that? Uh, February 19th, after he had already gotten... Okay. Oh, actually... No, 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 sorry. I lied. I think he... Let me go back to the timeline. I think he said that he they had sex earlier beforehand. Okay. Because he was making it seem like um, he wasn't cheating on his wife at the time. Which, again, for months, Shannon was complaining that they weren't having sex. 
Right. So it seems really weird to me. I think they had sex, but just not like frequently. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It just seems really odd that he would note the fact that they had sex during that time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sure. Okay. She says while he was strangling her, she didn't fight back. And it seemed as if she was praying. I don't know about that. Okay. And then this is odd because the neighbor, the same neighbor that had the footage showing him basically putting his wife in the truck, said that he could hear them fighting at all times of the night. Mm-hmm. So it's not like she's not a fighter. Also, one of her best friends basically called her like, you know, says that she's tough. Da 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 da. Parents also say that there's no way that he did it while she was awake. Something must have happened because there's no signs of him being attacked. He says he probably was strangling her. She didn't fight back. The autopsy uh, shows she definitely died from being strangled. Yeah, asphyxiation. Yeah. Then he says Bella wakes up, walks into the room, hearing like everything that's happening, and asks what happened to mother. And I think it's at that point that he decided he's going to kill his daughters. Mm-hmm. Because originally it says that he tried to smother his daughters there and then come back into the room to take care of the uh, the body. But nobody was really there that can attest to that. That's what he said happened. Um, and he was surprised mm-hmm. because they were still alive. He takes both girls. He drags them to the truck. Neighbor says... That he never brings the truck all the way to his garage. Usually his truck is outside and he'll load it outside. But here he's backing up his truck to the garage and then loading it. Which makes it suspicious later on. If you watch the documentary A Family Next Door. It tells you. He goes about where he says that he would never back up his truck like that. He buries Shannon, like I said, very disrespectful way. Mm-hmm. He then strangles Celeste first. While Bella watches. Mm-hmm. The younger one. Yeah, the younger child. He takes Celeste's body, puts it in the tank comes back to Bella, and then she asks him, are you going to do what you did to Mommy and Celeste? Mm-hmm. Wait, how do we know this? That's what he said. He details it. Okay. He does the same thing, and he says the last thing he can hear a scream was, Daddy, no. He says it haunts him for the rest of his life. And then he says, Chris says, being a father is the best thing in my life, which again, I think, alludes to bringing it all about himself, because it's like, being a father is the best thing in your life makes absolutely no sense in that context, because in that context, you were not a father. Also, it's the best thing in your life. What about like Shanann or the kids? Mm-hmm. Just it seems very weird to say being a father was the best thing of my life. Like making it about I himself. I feel like a lot of things he said was to somehow try to save face, though. Yeah. Yeah, it's something like a good person yeah. would say. Like, or what he thinks a good person would say. Yes, but that's so weird to be like, oh man, I killed my uh, my kids, but you know, being a father, it was great, guys. Like, I can't tell you, I, I had a yeah. great time. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. just like, that makes, to me, that's how it sounds <laughs> like. That makes absolutely no sense. It's like, oh man, I love that Taylor Swift concert. Too bad I had to kill her, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what a terrible, what a terrible scenario. Well, I watched the interviews or the interrogations with the detectives, though. He kind of, like, interspersed his telling of what he, what happened with, like, random things like, oh, man, like, you know, when you're a father, you just really love your kids. And, like, he'll, he just, like, kept bringing up about, like, what it means to be a dad or feel like a dad. And I feel like he only did that to try to make it seem as if, to basically, like, appeal to the detectives detectives and be like you know i am a good dad i just made this mistake yes but this is after he's already been arraigned charged and like everything's down he's going he's actually just retelling the story to the fbi investigators for the last time and how he killed his daughters so this is saying he's saying this afterwards where he's already been sentenced yeah but i think like he still has this delusion or like this like desire to still try to save face even after all that I and guess. I feel like sometimes detectives, like, play along. I guess. It just seemed to yeah. me, it seemed odd that he would say that. Okay. He's crazy. He also, afterwards, so suppose this is not after, this is not um, what he said during the interview uh, after he got uh, sentenced. But afterwards, we also find out that after he had dumped his uh, wife and children's bodies, he then called up his child's school, Bella's school, and said, oh, she's not going to be coming into school anymore. And then he called up the realtor to sell the house to talk about selling his house. Yeah. Which again is going to come up later on to how can you, how can you just dump these kind of, you literally just dumped your family's body yeah. and you just call up to school saying like, Oh, they're not going to show up to school anymore, which again is going to be terrible because if your entire point of it was, Hey, 
I don't know where she is, but then the school is saying, oh, yeah, the father called and said the kids wouldn't be coming in. What time was this? Oh, it was like at 8 a.m. <laughs> yeah, Very right. Weird. right. Okay. <laughs> he probably had a plan. Like, he probably thought he could get away with the whole, like, I, like plan that Shanann left with the children. But then her friend, like, messed it all up when she figured out something was wrong, like, that morning. But I'm saying if investigators were to go to the, to the school and they would say, oh, yeah, you know, the dad said that they're not going to be coming, that the kids won't be coming to school anymore, that he's de-enrolling, de-enrolling them. They'd be like, oh, when did he say that? And it's on the same day of the murders or of the disappearance. Mm-hmm. Or even like, you know, let's say he waits three days before he, let's say the plan was he's going to wait a day or two or three days mm-hmm. until he doesn't see Shanann. Then he's going to, obviously he's going to have to, I would hope he would think to, uh, put in a missing person mm-hmm. i'm sure the school the not school the cops would investigate mm-hmm. the school investigate the neighbors investigate everybody and the school would say yes and the realtor even the school would say yeah. yes he called us three days earlier saying that the kids won't be going to school anymore and he de-enrolled them his plan was bad anyway from the start maybe his plan was like just to be like oh she left me they moved back to Wherever. North Carolina. But he unenrolled them. That's true. Even, okay, she left and went to North Carolina. Why did you, why wouldn't you let, like, if, if okay, if your husband left, right, with the kids, would your first thought be, let me call up the school to unenroll them? Yeah, that's, that's really quick. <laughs> but, like, no, no, no I'm, I'm saying his plan definitely wasn't perfect. Um, And, like, Steph said, he probably wanted to, like, make it look like the mom left with the children and that he knew about it. But I think, like you're saying, Momo, it was already flawed to begin with because of how quickly he did it. And I think the fact that he did it so quickly shows, like, one, his arrogance. Like, he was really arrogant that he could pull this off perfectly. And two, he was really excited to, like, get rid of them. And, yeah, like, he, like, I I, guess. I think just, like, how quickly he did that just shows how much he really didn't care about his wife and kids. Yeah, I just see, like, in his head, like, a little task list, and he's just, like, checking off things. Yeah, like, when he, like, when they found that he was playing that song, I feel like he was playing that song to celebrate, and he, he has to do is, like, check, check. Yeah. Got rid of he's a Metallica fan. He's a Metallica yeah. fan. Okay, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna quickly go through Shannon and Chris's relationship real quick. So, Shannon is super bossy. Her best friend says it. In fact, her best friend says... She's super bossy, but not like a in a bitchy way, which to me always alludes that she's super bossy in a bitchy way. Because if you have to say not a bitchy way, isn't there isn't there that quote that's like uh, like when a man's bossy in quotes, he's a leader, but when a when a woman's a leader, she's quote unquote bossy. So it just means that she has leadership qualities. I mean, I, I'm not gonna. I, I don't know her personally, but his parents say that she was super bossy. He says that she was super bossy. Even she admits that she was super bossy to him uh, at a certain point. Um, I'm gonna be right back. My dog is uh, barking. <laughs> Can we keep? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I'm the host right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm still here. I was like, hello. Uh, okay. <laughs> Shutting that um, down. Hopefully, my dog. I was like, oh, my podcast. It's called, a, it's called Murder with Mo, not Murder with Steph. Hey, not my dog. Murder here. with Mo. I think this is a Mayhose. Hey, 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 hey. If you guys ever leave, it'll be called Murder with Mo. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, see, what the, we'll see what the fans want. And the fans are just going to be me at this point. So Murder with Mo seems like it's going to be a... Uh, okay. So I'm just going to go through the relationship real quick. I already said this. Um, Shannon was married previously and it failed and she really blamed herself. And maybe this is why she really wanted to make it work with Chris. Um, Shannon put everything on social media. And by everything, I have that in quotes. Because we mean everything that she wants to show to social media. Not everything in real life. Um, she also works for an MLM. I think she seeks, this is my personal opinion, I think she seeks uh, attention and admiration. Even when she shows mm-hmm. she is not perfect. Um, this is kind of odd to me, even though I am a uh, millennial. Chris friended Shannon on Facebook. And that's how that's yeah. supposedly how they met. Is he just yeah. randomly? How old are they again? When this happened? I feel like they're late thirties, maybe. When they got, when they met, I thought it was twenties. Um, I'll get you the di- I'll get you their ages later. I can look it up too. 
Okay, he's okay. So Chris Watts is thirty-five years old now, and then Shannon Watts. Um, thirty-five. Young. Yeah. Wait, I think they had married young. I think they married in their mid late twenties. Actually, mid twenties. He murdered them when he was thirty-three. That's how old Chris is. My Chris. Your Chris. <laughs> yeah, your Chris. <laughs> now, again. Well, we have to change this to making a murderer. Chris <laughs> Chris kills Eunice? Who knows? Okay, so they met in 2010, which was 10 years ago. So he was 25. And then they married in 2012. Okay. Oh, so they only knew each other for two years. Yeah. I'm just going to personally say, I feel like people who add people who they don't know. Maybe he knew her from a, a friend of a friend or something. It doesn't oh. really go into that. I don't think so. But... But that's so weird that he just added her, and then it was just oh, okay. I feel like that's you know what I mean? behavior. I feel like only predators do that, like message random people on Facebook. I don't know. I feel like I would message random people on Facebook. I feel like messaging is fine, but adding them. I, can you message somebody? I, I don't have a Facebook. Can you message somebody on Facebook without being friends with them? Yes, but then they can't easily see your message. Yeah, like, it would go into, like, spam, probably. Yeah, and then they would have to check that. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, but I feel like the only people who who would add strangers on Facebook are predators. That's my theory. I, I don't think he's a predator. I mean, I don't think he's a predator in the sense of, like, he was looking for somebody to kill. I think he was a predator and he's looking for somebody to latch on to. Now, I'm just going to come out right and say it. I think Chris Watts is like, not your Chris, you know. Um, <laughs> I think Chris Watts is, I don't want to say, how do I say this without sounding terrible? I think he was like a supreme mama's boy. You know what I mean? I think he's moving on from his mother to uh-huh. Shanann. I think he wants the attention to Shanann. I think Shanann was, he saw a strong woman on the outside, but on the inside, she seemed pretty weak from her previous marriage, as she says. Um, also, she talks about how she really was in a bad place after her marriage, and so she seemed very vulnerable, which fits in the Eunice predator situation where he saw that and then he kind of like pounced on that energy, sort of. Um, but I mean, I'm just gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna go through my reasoning mm-hmm. of why I think he did it, um, and I have like I kind of why did you say he was a mama's boy? Just because his mother, what his mother says later on, which we're gonna talk about, I know also. Because um, he just seemed like so. Even in the even when he was in the interrogation room, he tells the cop, "I don't get angry. Uh, when people yell, I just agree." And he says stuff like that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm not saying he's. I think he's a yes man, but not a yes man because he wants to be. I think he's a yes man because he thinks that's the correct way to be. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like you were talking about how he was saying things to the cops just because he thinks that's how that's what he should say. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's what he would do. Um, I think it was Shannon that was the more yelly explosive one also there's a video of um shannon basically being like where's your phone like he was dressed as santa claus he was coming to surprise the kids and she sort of yells at him and calls him dumb um she doesn't call him dumb she says my husband's a genius in a sarcastic way and this is a video that she uploads later on to facebook which shows that like she's sort of i don't want to say bossy but she's sort of like pushing her husband around and it doesn't seem like this is the first time she's done it he's definitely been pushed around by her quite a few times. And we're talking about leaving a phone because he's dressed as Santa. I'm sure that Santa suit doesn't have any pockets. And she was also talking about she wants to take pictures, yet she has a phone. She's video recording the whole thing. What do you want to take pictures of? I, I just never I understood that part. record with one phone and take pictures with the other. <laughs> Can't you take a picture while you're recording? I feel like that was an option even 10 years ago. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can't. You, you have to do one or the other. Oh, interesting. Anyway... Um, so I'm going to go through some of my reasons. Are you saying that he became someone pushed around because of his mother? Um, I think he was just like used to saying yes to a woman at all times, like his mom. You know what I mean? Like his mom would boss him around and he would just be like, yes, mother, yes, yeah, mother. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, I think it sort of went on with Shanann as well. Not Maybe not in the beginning because he seeked that attention. But then later on, I think he sort of just kind of took it, which I think, okay, this is going to lead to my my reasoning. So I think people always say that he's a narcissist. 
I think he has narcissistic tendencies. I wouldn't say he's a full-on narcissist. Um, it just seems weird that he would, they were married for, what, nine years at the time? They had known each other for nine years and it took nine years for him to like sort of stand up for himself. Because the entire time in all of the videos and everything that I could see, it does not seem like Chris ever stood up for himself, like ever. Um, he seemed to be sort of out of shape when they were married and they known each other. Um, and it didn't seem like, they really don't talk about Chris's friends a lot. I don't know how many people he knows. Mm -hmm. So it seems like he's sort of like relying basically on his wife most of the time. From what This is again, just me hypothesizing that this is what happened. Um, so then I think Shanann just sort of maybe a year or two was very sweet to him, needed him. And he liked that attention. Um, this becomes re relevant later on from his mistress because he says he likes the fact that she chased him. So he's seeking attention. Um, which again, I think can mm -hmm. be proven in the narcissist. But he doesn't, I just feel like a narcissist wouldn't just take that yelling that Shanann keeps, or the boss, the bossing that Shanann keeps giving him. You know what I mean? Like Shanann just seems like a, sometimes I think she's like a 100% of Karen. You know what I mean? Like she's the type of person to ask for Chris's manager if she doesn't get what she wants. Um, and so it seems weird that, you know, he would take that for almost a decade without doing anything. Now, I think he, you know, he started, he met his mistress Kissinger. He started working out. He started eating better. He started lifting weight. He started getting more attention. And he thought he could finally stand up to, to Shanann. And I think that after mm -hmm. years and years, um, he, he, he's basically had enough, not enough to kill, but like definitely enough to leave her for sure. Mm -hmm. Now, what I think pushes him over the edge is mm -hmm. I think she's the chemical ex in this. In this. Uh, I think the fact that they found her searching Shanann Watts uh, earlier, I think the fact that she said that you're always going to keep your wife um, in uh, first and me second uh, also put in a thing. I, th I mean, uh, rightfully so, you know, but after finding out that she's a mistress, like she stopped or said, hey, we're going to stop until you're separated 100%. Um, she lies to the police so she didn't know Shanann was uh, pregnant, even though she did. She lies to the police by telling them that she found out that um, they were married uh, on Father's Day, but, they were, but she actually knew earlier Chris said that he had told her earlier. And I, again, I don't think there's a reason to lie about that. Chris says himself that he's still basically waiting, hoping that uh, Kissinger would send him a letter or something in the mail, either like a disguise as something else, which makes me think that, you know, I think he did it for Kissinger. The lyric stuff was also weird. because What Chris says is she asked him what that meant, um, what that song meant. Um, and I think she, I don't want to say she pushed him, she told him to kill. But I think she pushed him over the edge. I think he got angry and he finally was like, I'm big enough. I'm strong enough. Somebody else wants me enough. Uh, and I'm going to react. And he took the 10 years out on her. I also think he's just a psychopath because he killed them. And like I said, then the, the next day, or not even the next day, sorry, an hour later calls a realtor trying to sell the house. Um, you see him later on smirking and talking to the cops normally until he finds out that there's a video evidence. He takes a polygraph test, knowing that he killed his wife. I think it's possible that he just, he like smothered her. So like, they didn't really have a, he didn't really like show his aggression or anything. He just like put a pillow on her while she was like sleeping. I think he did, he killed Shannon angrily. I, I also think he may have knocked her out somehow. Yeah, they, they said there was no evidence of her struggle, but they did say the, um, for Bella, they found evidence for struggle. Well, her body. I mean, again, it just seems, it just seems so weird to kill his children. This is where the psychopath comes in because he could have easily gotten like away with his wife, just left or something, and left the kids. But instead, he decided, no, I'm gonna kill a three and four year old. Insanity. To mm -hmm. me. You know. I think he's psychopath, but you don't think he's a narcissist. I think he has narcissistic tendencies, but I just can't say that he's a narcissist because 10 years he took um, Shanann's shenanigans, you know? 10 years he's basically been under. And it wasn't until he finally bulked up, he finally got a mistress, you know what I mean? And he finally got the attention on himself that maybe he, be he then became a narcissist or his narcissistic tendencies fully came out. But I just mm -hmm. don't think 
that he's a narcissist and that's why he killed her because it's all about him. I get the fact that he wants to move on with his life and that's why, you know, but I also think like as a narcissist, he could have easily made it seem like it was Shanann who failed the, the marriage. She was the one who didn't want him to, you know, like gaslighting her essentially. I feel like that's what a nar- that's the narcissist move. You know? The psychopath move is to kill. Yes. But that's just uh-huh. my opinion. Um, I don't know. I I do think he's a narcissist, mostly because as you guys know, I've been watching this YouTuber called Live Abuse Free. And she specializes in analyzing narcissism. And the way she explained it was that Chris was like a specific kind of narcissist. He's a covert narcissist and they're not very obvious, um, but they're usually introverted. And the way they get narcissistic supply or like um, ways that boost their ego is a little different. And she thinks for Chris that he felt an ego boost whenever anyone thought of him as like the good guy or the nice guy. Um, And the fact that he like kind of sought out Shanann and like heavily pursued her, like the way they tell their love story, he kind of like spammed her um, and like overwhelmed her with attention until she finally agreed to go on a date with him. And then she, I think she always had like quote unquote bossy or like a leader like personality. And the way this YouTuber described it, she was saying it was like he's this narcissistic predator looking for the perfect prey and Shanann was the perfect prey because she already had this reputation of being bossy um so she could kind of just look like this submissive sweet partner by her side and just like listen to everything that she wants the reason why he was able to like withstand 10 years of her bossiness is because he felt good every time someone looked on their relationship and was just like, wow, he's just such a good husband. He just listens to whatever his wife says, like, to do. And I, I think you were right earlier, Mo, when you said that you think that he's a mama's boy, because I think he learned to behave this way or, like, to get his self-worth this way because his mom was was also, I guess, like a bossy lady or... The theory is that she's also a narcissist, but she's more of an overt narcissist. She kind of, like, forced Chris to be this, like, good boy for her. And so Chris kind of grew up thinking, like, oh, I have to be submissive in order for everyone else to think that I'm, like, a good person. But I think that, like, the reason why he, like, ended up murdering his, like, wife and kids uh, was because he had, like, all this, like, it, it's like he has all this, like, pent-up rage of, like, 10 years of playing this, like, submissive role. It's not who he really is. Um, he has, like, this, like, mask on where he's trying to fool everyone into thinking he's this, like, really good, submissive person. But here's here's why I don't necessarily believe in that. Because Shanann posts that he's a great husband. I mean, her I think her entire life was sort of faked or, like, hyped, in a sense. Yeah. Where he was already getting that just from the posts. I don't think... Because it's not like her friends liked Chris. Her best friend didn't like Chris at all. Right? And she was... Mm -hmm. Like, again, you never get Chris's friend's opinion. I've never seen anywhere online where they say Chris's friends talk about how he's such a great husband. I don't know where I saw this, but I actually saw text conversations between Chris and one of his friends on the day that Shanann was first reported missing. And I remember, like, seeing texts from the friend going, like, oh, oh my God, like, I heard your wife is missing. I'm so sorry. I'm looking everywhere. And Chris was just texting back, like, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I saw those texts somewhere. I forget where. I, I know, but I'm talking about you. We get, like, Shanann's friends. We get Shanann's text to, like, her friends. You don't get it. That's what I'm saying. It seems like Chris doesn't really have. His friend was his mistress, right? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like he was talking. It's not like any of his friends, like, Let's say, you know, you were cheating. Maybe one of your friends knows that you're cheating. Maybe not, you know what I mean? But, like, it just didn't seem like... It seemed like Chris relied mostly on his wife right. and his mistress. They don't talk about his friend. I mean, again, I don't know. That's why I just don't believe... Like, where is this attention coming from? Because the attention she already posts on Facebook. 
he could literally be a terrible husband and she posts great things about him on Facebook. He was basically ignoring her for three months and she posted what a great father he is multiple times. So I, th- this is why I just don't believe the fact that, I mean, he's getting that attention on Facebook. He's not necessarily getting that attention he in person. He lost that attention from Shanann herself. Cause I think like in the beginning of the relationship, Shanann really, really did like Chris. And like, she had said stuff like, Oh, like on one of our first dates, he let me sit in his lap for like five hours. And I've never met a guy who would let me do that. So I think in the beginning, she was like charmed by just how like submissive and how much of a pushover he was. And then she must have praised him at the time for that. But then I think like towards the end of their relationship, um, I think he was starting to lose that in-person attention from her, even though she, he was getting the social media attention for it. He was also getting way more attention from Kissinger, his mistress. Yeah, exactly. I I fully believe, like, yeah, he's, like, a psychopathic narcissist in that he also, like, lacks empathy, and he kind of views people as, like, tools or objects that he can use um, to make himself feel better. So that's why he could just easily discard his wife and kids because he never loved them. He kind of just saw them as like tools for his own narcissistic supply. And once that ran out, he was just like, all right, well, I don't need these guys anymore. Maybe. I don't know. I just I, I just don't like the narcissistic tendency. Like it would mean he would have. That's what I'm saying. Like people would come out and be like, oh, you know, like, you know, people who like were in your life are no longer in your life. And then you found out they became like a murderer. You might be like, oh, I have the perfect scoop. I'm going to go on CNN News and just, you know, I have the inside scoop on Eunice Pack, the murderer. Do you know what I mean? Like, she's a murderer. I know. Here's what she did to me. Da, 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 da. You get the friend of um, Shanann, but you don't get the um, any of the friends of Chris, which, again, seems very odd to me. Um, usually narcissists leave, especially like a 35-year-old narcissist, would leave like ends do you know what i mean in a lot of friends relationships they, they use people like you say yeah. so you would think used people would come out and be like oh i gotta tell you about chris or write a book if i was friends with chris and he used me i'd write a book called <laughs> how i was used by a murderer you know what i mean yeah well but the thing is chris was like a covert narcissist so i think he was able to get away with it the thing about being a covert narcissist is that they always have like this mask up because they have this like concept of what makes a good person, right? So they're just trying to fit into that role, into being that good person. So they're basically like fake their whole lives. So like, I feel like no one knows the real Chris, like not even his parents. Um, like, I don't think he was really being on it, like 100% honest with his dad when his dad came into the interrogation. I think like, it's really hard to trust whatever Chris said to the police, even though he did eventually admit to murdering his like wife and kids. There's still like um, some inconsistencies in his stories. So like, I don't think he's ever a hundred percent honest with the police. And then I uh, obviously he was never a hundred percent honest with his wife or kids. And he was never a hundred percent honest with Nicole. So I feel like he's just like fake person all around who's been really good at faking it his whole life. And that's why maybe whoever knows Chris would be shocked if they found out he's a murderer. They would just be like, oh, I thought he was normal. But that's what I'm saying. Who Usually you get the interviews of like a friend being like, I knew Chris for 20 years of my life and I could never see him doing this. Do you know what I mean? You always get those like those those friends, so to speak, of that just come out in defense of Chris, right? I mean, his parents came out in defense, sort of, right? But do you know what I mean? Like, he has no friends. He has no defense. And you're going to tell me that you don't think Kissinger played a single, like, any role in it besides being just a mistress? Um, I think, like, he, she inspired him, but I don't think she, like, purposefully, intentionally put the idea in his head, you should kill your wife and kids. I think she was probably just like, you should leave them. Um, but I don't know if there's, like, any evidence. Oh. It's, by the way, it's 10.07. Oh, wait. I just do my like last bit. Okay. <laughs> oh, I was just gonna say that yeah, I I agree that Chris doesn't really have any close friends, mm-hmm. and he probably gets most of his value from like his relationships. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> yeah, we can cut it. Oh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> you just gonna say agree that Chris doesn't. How about this? You go. I'm just gonna go uh, deal with my dog. You can go finish this and uh, sign us off. Steph. Okay. Okay. I'll be. Uh... Oh, it's your podcast now. DJ Steph. Yeah, Steph, you're back. Uh, you're back being host. It's uh, murders with Steph. <laughs> um. Let's see. So you're saying um that you agree he has no friends. He probably finds most of his value in relationships. Do you agree he's a narcissist or disagree? <laughs> I, don't know. I, I read this like sentence about him that was like really interesting. It was like the most interesting interesting thing about Chris Watts is the fact that he like murdered his whole family. But aside from that, he's pretty much like really boring. Like he doesn't have any friends or close friends. Like he doesn't really talk with like anyone. He's like very introverted. So yeah, in my mind, it wasn't so much that he's a narcissist because narcissists like like getting everyone's attention and like believing that like the world revolves around them. It was more just like he snapped. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. So, like, I think he does think the world revolves around him. It's just that he was good at hiding that belief. If that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. It's just. It's. Just, it would just be weird to. It's just weird to me that if he believed that, he would like be so submissive to Shanann. Like the first part of the relationship. Is that like the covert narcissism? Yeah. It's like. It's just. I feel like it's called a covert because it's kind of like hidden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um it's kind of like you know how people some people like always victimize themselves no matter what the situation is hmm. um i feel like he's one of those people basically and i think shanann gave him plenty of opportunities to victimize himself yeah. where he's just like oh, God, my wife is so bossy that i'm such a good husband because i never complain and i do everything she wants hmm. Like, I think that's how he thought. That's my theory, at least. <laughs> <laughs> I know we'll never know, but, like, I think what's so frustrating is that he's really, he's obviously not a trustworthy person, so even the story he gave us, we don't know if it's, like, 100% true. Right, right. I still don't really 100% understand why he decided, in his story, why he decided to kill the kids, like, not at the house, but, mm-hmm. like, at the oil area. Yeah, I mean, I just think that shows how much he lacks empathy or how much he doesn't care about them because, like, he didn't mercy kill them. He, like, let them ride in the truck with their dead mother's body. Yeah. Um, He killed one of them in front of the other. Like, complete lack of consideration of how they might feel in their Mm. last hour. So I don't know if that's, like, a narcissistic quality. I mean, maybe in a sense that he only cares about himself, so he doesn't, he... Oh, yeah, I think narcissists do lack empathy in that, like, they just, they can't fathom how other people feel because they only care about how they feel. Mm. It's definitely, like, sociopathic, too. Yeah. Or psychopathic. I don't know the difference between those two. Socio and psycho? Yeah. Um... I feel like I read an article about it, but like totally did not absorb it because <laughs> there were so many overlaps. I feel like I, I read something about the difference and I forgot to. <laughs> you look it up. <laughs> I feel like the difference is subtle. Yeah. Do you think he planned the killer on that day? I think it was like premeditated. Mm-hmm. Or if it was out of rage. Yeah. I, I don't know. So... The YouTuber I was watching, she says she thinks it's premeditated because she thinks that, like, uh, he was basically hinting at her what's coming. What? With what? A few weeks before, he sent her a picture of this, like, naked Barbie doll that was, like, covered with a white sheet. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. And he said to her, like, look what our girls did. And then she was just like, LOL, what the fuck? Um, but the YouTuber I was watching was like, I don't, I doubt the children did that. I think that he (laughs) did that (laughs) to, like, mess with her. And then, do you remember, like, that, like, credit card charge? Mm -hmm. I think they mentioned in the documentary. um, The burgers. How, like, she saw, yeah, the expensive burger. (laughs) Um, So the YouTuber I was watching said that she thinks he did that on purpose, like, he she said like he never got caught before making that kind of mistake 
um, where he would use a card for their joint account, I guess, or something. Hmm. The fact that he did that while she was away on her trip. It was actually the Arizona trip, the one uh, she was on right before she came home and got murdered. The fact that he did it right then, she like the YouTuber was saying, she thinks that was on purpose because he wanted her to know he was cheating on her. Like, he was trying to humiliate her before she died. And then he humiliated her after she died with, like, that weird sexual pose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very- the, what the post signifies to me is, like, he didn't feel remorse. Because if he felt remorse, yeah. he would have been, like, flat and, like, a sheet or something. Yeah. yeah, and, like, I didn't realize how sexual it was until Momo pointed it out. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's just a big fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the fact that he dumped his daughters in oil tank was also a very unloving way to dispose yeah, but, of Yeah, but more loving. <laughs> Compared to the wife, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like he was, like, burying Shanann's body. They said they found her in a shallow grave, so he must have gotten tired early. And then he was like, I don't want to bother burying graves for my daughters. Just dump them in the oils. Because that's a pretty dumb idea, because they're going to find their bodies now. Like, I gotta go to work. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, yeah. I mean, his plan was pretty dumb. Maybe he was just like, I'll come back later after work. Uh, then And then he bumped into the cops. Uh, I got the impression it was hard to get them out of the oil tanks, though. Because they said they had to, like, do a rescue mission. Wait, not rescue. Retrieving mission for their bodies in the tanks. I thought maybe it would float, but mm. I guess not. Oh. I have to look this up. <laughs> You're like the <laughs> True. Mostly true. <laughs> Is Momo walking his dog? I think so. Okay. Do you want to say bye to the podcast? Oh, yeah. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's been great having you. Thank you for listening to our first podcast. Yeah. Maybe we'll continue this discussion next time. <laughs> yeah, TBD. TBD. And maybe we just we'll decide on a name. Yeah, everything's TBD here. <laughs>